If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. An Erio's original. I had no idea what systemic racism even was. I didn't know what people went through every day because it never occurred to me because it didn't happen to me. Hi, this is Margaret Cho. You're listening to The Margaret Cho Today, uh, we have a great guest. I am so excited. Um, she's an old friend. Um, she is somebody that I, I'm so excited to talk to. Uh, it is Kelly Osborne. She is, I, I mean, she does everything. A polymath, a classic polymath. Kelly Osborne. You look pretty. Did you do your own makeup? Uh-huh. You're like fending for yourself, and then I know I don't <laughs> you do your own, but I am. But you do you you and I share a makeup artist, so I know this is the hardship. I know. Of, we have to do our own makeup. <gasps> Kelly and I share a makeup artist in John Stapleton of Mac Cosmetics. She and I have been uh, working with John for how long? I've, I've been working with, with him John since since I was eighteen, and I'm thirty five now. So that's how long. Yes. So I've been working with John since I was, oh God. I mean, since uh, the early 2000s. Yeah. It's, it's crazy when you think about it. Like I went through all my like evolutionary changes. And like when I was a goth and then I was a 1950s rockabilly and he's gone through all those transformations with me. I love it. I love it. I mean, he's very, he's such a great makeup artist too, because he can take you through all of these different uh, looks, but make it really artful and very um, classy too. Yeah, but well, it's also empowering because I've always thought that I can only be one thing and then he'll do something with my makeup and I'm like, oh, wow, I can do that too. It's fun. Yeah. But not that those looks aren't classy anyway, because I think that you have a very classically beautiful look to begin with, because you just have beautiful bone structure and beautiful skin. So it's not, you don't need a lot, but it's Thank nice you. to take That's you into so these nice. different arenas of beauty. It's nice to look like these different kinds of, like the different like looks that he puts you in. I think it's really pretty. It's fun. It is fun. It's a fun it's fun, like cosplay. What do you, what do you, what do you class sort of like? What do you think your look is right like now? I mean, what do you think your sort of like genre is? I have no fucking idea. Like, <laughs> I've sat here and 
thought about all of the things that I want to change about myself because what we've gone through this year with quarantine right. and, and now this incredible revolution that's happening and these changes when it comes to how people are treated in this country when it comes to race and, and the world over, I don't really care about how I look anymore. I care about how I act. Yeah, yeah. But it's really important to like, I think aesthetically, I feel like there's got to be, um, I think, a wonderful expression to that. Like, I love, I love the aesthetics of like the way that I kind of, I guess, metabolize things is to see what it looks like. Maybe because I think I have a lot of Libra in my chart. <laughs> so everything always has to like have a physical like a look expression so like I've been looking a lot of images like I just watched the Agnes Varda documentary on the Black Panthers and she's a beautiful uh documentary so it's all about um the Black Panther uh rally I think it was like in 1973 and um they're all talking about uh, Eldridge Cleaver and getting him out of prison and they had a beautiful interview with Eldridge Cleaver's wife at the time uh, and she so beautiful and they were all doing the natural. So they all were like growing their hair out in the Afro. And it was like such an amazing transformation because for so long, black women had not been able to grow their like grow their hair. Like they were been told their hair wasn't supposed to be like that. You know, okay. so long we've been told like we can't we can't be who we are. And so it was just like so aesthetically like. It's really about sort of going back to who we are. So now I've been looking like images of the Black Panthers and thinking like aesthetically, this is like the revolution. This yeah. is like, let's go back to the 70s. Let's go back to this is what the look is. So like, what is our version of that? Like for me, like maybe it's like about like, mm, should I just part it in the middle and like grow it real long? Like, should I just like go gray and long? Like, should I just get into like the, the crone which kind of thing maybe i don't know it could be a strong look but it there's stuff yeah. like for a while i was like i'm not gonna dye my hair anymore and that's it and then all of a sudden i was like well, what what point is that proving so i went yesterday and i got my hair dyed for the first time in like four months and i woke up and it made me feel better so i was like okay this is good like i feel better and when i feel good like i can go out and do more it, it's weird because i went to a couple protests at the mayor's house and Ooh, yeah. I was looking around to everybody and, and seeing that there was a, what was really nice is that no, no, everybody was so different, but they were all there for the same thing. Yeah. And it was a yeah. melting pot of men and women and races and sizes and shapes. And it was just, it was really beautiful. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so exciting. And I love that this is happening during Pride Month because gay pride is so much about uh, the civil rights movement. I mean, gay pride takes so much from the black power movement yeah. from the black pride movement of the 60s. And so it's like our chance to give back to the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's like now we get to ch ch chant and march together, yeah. which is really powerful. It's like finally joining forces, which we've ha we've we've been doing. But now in a, a very sort of established way, in a very, very big way, in a very mainstream way, which is very powerful. So it's really exciting. I mean, it, it's unexpected, but it, it's almost like, um, I guess this is why 
the the whole quarantine happened. This is sort of why there everything sort of happens for a reason. I agree, one hundred percent. And to seeing the way that such beauty has stemming from such ugliness and how people are coming together, I like have spent the last week educating myself because I really. I don't know how to put this, feel lied to, feel betrayed. I had no idea that this stuff was even going on. And what I have learned is simply not being racist is not enough. It's that you have to go into action, you have to stand up, you have to say something, you have to be a part of the change and stand up for what you believe in. And I think that no matter what you do right now, you're gonna piss someone off. There's gonna be someone who doesn't like the way that you're doing it, but it's all about your intention. and. And knowing that as a white woman, a cisgender white woman, I'm going into this in a place of complete ignorance, but I have a willingness to learn and I want to educate myself so that I can use my platform to educate others and we can break this cycle and change things and and not just have this be a fad, go into action with it forever. The way that I did for the gay community, I am now going to continue it with the black community. And that's wonderful. And it's this generation that's going to make the difference. You know, we're going to right the wrongs of so many generations before ours. That's what's wonderful. And that's what's really exciting about this and about the future. And I love it. You know, I really love it. And I feel like technologies allowed for this to happen. I think social media is allowed for this to happen. And it's like uh, the pause in society has allowed for it to happen. We all needed to take a minute to reflect. And I think that we have, not everyone has done that, but a good majority of people have done that and enough to make a change. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy and so fast, but so slow. It's like 500 years in the making, (laughs) but you know, five days in action. Yeah. Really. You know, it's like, uh, it took so long, but it was so long, but fast. And, but at the same time, like it needs to happen, but it's, it's really a long time coming, but I'm glad I'm grateful for it. But it's sad how little we know. I mean, so much. That's what I'm talking about. I had no idea what systemic racism even was. I had no idea what racial unbias was. I did not, racial bias, sorry. I didn't know what people went through every day because it never occurred to me because it didn't happen to me. But now I know and I've been educated. You can't unsee what you've seen. You can't unknow what you know. And knowledge is power and it's just proof. And it is it. For a while, I was like, why do I feel this way? I don't understand. And what I realized is that I felt guilty. And that's what it was. Mm -hmm. I felt guilty that I didn't know. I felt guilty that my friends had been suffering and I'd never talked to them about it. And that because it wasn't happening to me and I didn't know, there was nothing I could do. And now I do. I feel like I've got 35 years to make up for. It's It's a weird feeling. But it's a good feeling because I've learned so much. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's 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 infuriating though because society had nothing to gain by letting us know the truth. And if you look back at like our education 
if you look back at like what we're like taught in school, like what we're learning about slavery and the slave trade, it really is like a couple of paragraphs in history book. We're never told the truth about what it was. Like it's just like this history that's very, very like abbreviated, truncated, just a small, it, you know, of course they say, oh, it's bad and it happened, but it's never, I mean, that and the eradication of um, the Aboriginal people's like very, very abbreviated version of what Tiny. happened. It's like so um, glossed over. They mention it, but they don't go into any detail and you don't really know. And um, yet the uh, what's expanded upon is like things like the Revolutionary War, the bravery of the presidents and, and the, the, the founding fathers. And, and the, all of this stuff is like, expanded upon all of the wars and all of the stuff you know and um so you get an overblown sort of idea of like the flag and like <laughs> all of this bullshit and like why would you you're just brainwashed it is it is brainwashing and and it's this idea of if we don't talk about it it'll never happen it never happened and people will forget about it and that's just not the case it happened and you need mm-hmm. to be comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. You need to get uncomfortable and educate yourself about what it is that is going on. And I think that we'll be do this generation will spend a lifetime doing that. Yeah. Just undoing all of the damage and the brainwashing and, and really kind of the deprogramming of what it is like, kind of like we have been in a cult. And that's why I'm saying that's what it feels like. I sit here and I'm like, we have been lied to about everything. Like, none of this is real. Like, systemic racism is a thing. And mm-hmm. I keep reading all of these different articles. Like, it was, I think it was the Wall Street Journal recently did an article, last, I think it was last week, where they said there is no such thing as racial bias within the pre-system, and here is why. And I couldn't even get through it because I just felt like they have a, a moral obligation to not write things like this right now. And they are. Yeah, and it was yeah. and it was just like, what yeah. is this? This is continuing the brainwashing. This is comforting people the people who say all life matters. And that's something like I really need to apologize for because before this, when I was campaigning for equal rights within the gay community, all lives do matter and it's all about equality and love. And I had that mentality going into this. And it's not about mm-hmm. that. That's not what it is. It's not about, of course, all lives matter. That's why people are saying black lives matter. Because within our society, yeah. it doesn't. It, it's important. Like, I don't understand why white people sit here and be like, all lives matter. Well, actually, they don't. That's why we're saying this. No one's taking anything right. away from you by saying that black right. lives matter. Why are you so offended? Because if they matter, you think it's going to make you matter less? It doesn't. It's just, right. you need to pay attention. And, and I never understood until, I want to say, a week ago, why people got offended when other people said all lives matter. And now I get it. And I have completely shifted my whole train of thought and understanding of that expression. And now I truly believe people who go around saying all lives matter are racist and or uneducated. Yeah. And it's really, it's really sad because they don't understand why, you know, they think they're promoting an even more of a humanitarian point of view. And honestly, like I went into it like that because I was in the mindset of, you know, equal rights 
all lives matter, one love, you have the right to love whoever you want to love. And I was coming from it from an activism state, uh, state of mind of, of the gay right, not mm-hmm. black lives matter. And when I understood it, I was like, oh, this is, this is so different. And this is my, I was wrong in my yeah. approach to this. And now I'm learning. And I think that's the beauty for me in all of this is how like, I keep saying like yeah. what I'm learning and the change and the change in perception and mentality and understanding. And I know that I'm not the only one going through this. I just think that people need to be prepared to make mistakes and know that going into this, you're going to make some, but it's the only way that you can learn. The only way. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to be, I think it's like, People were so afraid about getting canceled, you know, quote unquote canceled. But it's not like that. It's more like you you can only really get canceled if you refuse to admit that you were wrong. Yeah. You know, like if you admit that you're wrong and you you make the point to change, then it's like you can get renewed. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You can get more episodes. (laughs) You can get a back order. It's just... The cancel culture is scary. I've been a part of that. I've made mistakes in the past. I will spend the rest of my life paying for and I will happily do so because it makes me a better person to make amends. But it is insane how quick people are just to say, oh, point fingers at you because if I'm pointing a finger at you, then there's not going to be one at me and I'm going to cancel you so I don't get canceled. Don't throw people under the bus. Educate them. Gently nudge them in the right direction. Don't assassinate everyone. This We as people need to get better at not doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a few yeah. things during this whole protest situation where I've wanted to rip some people a new arsehole. Like there was this, a couple of influencers who put ball gowns on and went to the protest to use that opportunity to take a sexy photo of themselves holding a sign that said Black Lives Matter. And I found it disgusting. But everyone else was doing a good enough job of telling this person how disgusting they were. I don't need to be involved in that side of it. I think it was wrong. I recognize it as being wrong. But I don't want to be a part of cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's just kind of like uh, that, that part of it is really gross. And, and certainly it, <laughs> that is its own kind of punishment, yeah. too. If you're, like, doing that, it's kind of like. It, you know, you I watch it and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with Why? you? Why are you doing this? You go trying. This is the way you protest, and then you come up with a million excuses as to why what you did was okay. It's disgusting. Just take the picture down and move it's on. It's gross. Yeah, it's it's gross. But I mean, it, yeah, it's definitely you know people do what the what they're gonna do. But it's just it's like the, I you know, I will it, say this as well. <laughs> on the first protest on Thursday on in the Fairfax district. I was shocked at how politely everybody was standing in line to then go and take a picture next to a burning cop car. And they were peacefully waiting to take to have their moment so that no. they could have that Instagram picture. And I'm like, whoa, this is not what this is about. Yeah. Please stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Like there's part of me that really does love um, any kind of civil disobedience because I do come from, like I have the heart of an anarchist. Like I definitely have that sort of very much like anarchist 60s, very much like political heart where I love any kind of civil disobedience. So all of the I know I'm going to get to me are really great in trouble for saying this. But I fucking love that people got away with Gucci and Alistair. Oh, yeah. Sorry, and um, oh, McQueen yeah. and all sorts of different amazing designer stuff. I'm like, go for it. The stuff that bothered me was the mom and pop shops that don't have the insurance and it's going to be a struggle for them to ever come back for it that's the stuff that hurts my heart because those people didn't deserve that but I understand the anger and it was something that someone said to me is that you don't have the right to comment on how we protest and I was like you know what I don't no it's true and it's it's really I do think like when I saw the um well like Ella Exla and McQueen I think Lee would have loved it. Me too. <laughs> I, Me too. I, when I saw that, that I would have been like, "Oh, Lee was like, oh, isn't it fabulous? That like is he would have take the design and take it, darling, I know darling. Like I would have opened the doors myself, darling. Here's a brick, darling. Go for it. Takes a lot. Yeah, no, I know he would have. He totally would have. He would have loved it. Lee would have loved it. But it's like I think, yeah, I, I, I think any of that, like, yeah, Alexander Mukun would have been all over it. Um, I can totally understand it. And, you know, any of that is a small price to pay for the the damage that had been done mm-hmm. to the co- collective psyche to, of black people. You know, like, you, you, you know, it's just it's just a drop in the bucket to what's happened to black people over history. It's like the tiniest it's not retribution it's just like a symbolic idea of like this is the pain that we've put them through Mm -hmm. it's just like something that we can just show but and a lot of that is kind of like we also don't even know who is responsible for a lot of that looting and it's hard to know because most of those things are like is it is it you know people who are like not even part of the black Lives matter well i will tell you this like what I saw from the protests that I've been to and what I've seen on the streets is that it is 100% not members of the black community. I can tell you that right now. Everyone that I have seen starting trouble at these riots have been white. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's something yeah. that they're not talking about on the news, but it, it, I, I can yeah. tell you, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been there. I witnessed it. That is what is happening. And it's either people who feel very passionately and get too overheated and debating on things that they actually don't have the proper information to be talking about. And it starts creating um, conflict between groups of people. Or it's actually people who are there holding bricks, waiting to antagonize and start fights because they actually just want to fight. It's got nothing to do with the movement and why people are there every day. And, and 
I think the conversations that are being had are very important conversations to hear. And unless that you are actually leaving your house and going and being a part of these marches, you're not going to hear those conversations. So it's something that I urge anyone listening to right now, if you haven't protest, please go, please educate yourself, please listen to what these people have to say, because you won't hear it mm-hmm. online, you won't hear it on TV, you won't see it unless you go yourself. Yeah, yeah. Which is really, I mean, it's really good. It's really, I mean, I think that things are really good. And, and a lot of resources for people are, are popping up and, and different people are like uh, providing things like information online and helping to educate. And, you know, it's wonderful. I think it's really, really just, it's a different time and it's an exciting time. And I always said to my mom, when, it, you know, you were a part of a revolution, you were part of a movement and there was the hippies, like there was stuff that you were a part of that changed the world forever when is our time you know and we had the conversation like wow we're in it now we get to be a part mm-hmm. of the change now it's mm-hmm. our time it's our mm-hmm. revolution it's our time to stand up and speak up for the people whose voices are not being heard yeah do you think it's happening also is it happening um do you think that the racism is more prevalent in um america than it is in england is it more i think it's way okay so look there's racism everywhere i have to like to say no matter where you go in this world there is racism however in england it is not as bad as it is here Mm -hmm. it is still there people are still racist but it is not it's not like it is here i've never been anywhere in the world like it is here and it you know the one number one thing that I am taking away from all of this it is not enough to just not be racist. Yeah. You have to actively fight against it. That is just not enough to not be racist. And I think that where people have been more accepting of gender and sexuality and race in the UK, they're a little bit behind, a lot bit behind here. It's more, I would say, between... uh like Indian people and white people in the UK than it is against like black and white people. But there is like here, there is that almost like confederate group of people in the UK that believe everybody should be white and British jobs should go to British people. But those people are all like 95 years old. Like this generation truly is a lot. Like that generation is phased out where here it is bred from birth like you it's still strong like there it is not phasing out at all mm-hmm. well if you think about the the history of the united states the money that the united states is founded on is invested in slavery so the the money that we built the nation on is mostly on slavery and black bodies so when we think about our nation's wealth so much of it was invested in slavery and so much of it was built on top of these bodies so our national debt really is to slavery and reparations are really important but people sort of scoff at the idea of reparations because they think that it's somehow a debt has been repaid but we've only repaid it in violence we've only repaid it in brutality 100 there has not been repayment you know and and this idea of like repayment as being this preposterous thing is is it's kind of put in people's minds as like oh well that's water under the bridge but it's not at all um and so that's a that's an active conversation that 
we still need to have, but it's very, um, it's hard for people to get around that, but it's a very important one. I don't know exactly. Because there's, there's, people don't like feeling guilty and, oh, hold on, oh, stop. People don't like feeling guilty and <laughs> sorry. Our dogs are going off. Hey, hey. Oat, come here. Come here, hey. This is Oat. I rescued her at the beginning of quarantine and she's my little baby. Oh my, Oat. Wait, let me get Lucia here. My quarantine queen. <gasps> oh, oh look, Lucia. Oat, look. Oat. Hi, little Lucia. Hi. She's so cute. Ooh. So, so we think what he's kind of dog is that? but we don't know. So we did one of those DNA tests and we're waiting. But anyway, oh, back to our... She's part Chihuahua. She's, she's gorgeous. She's part Chihuahua. She's part uh, Dalmatian. No way. Because <laughs> she got a wisdom panel. She's half Chihuahua, half Dalmatian, which I didn't believe, but she's so long. Because she's yeah. like, look at how long she is. Like, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's she like really the longest, is. She's like a so sausage she, dog. We think Oat may be a lesbian. She's really cute. We love her. She's really cute. Aww. I love her. Look at her. Like, I like her black eyeliner. Isn't she it has, gorgeous? Like, a smoky eye and she, she, she has, has a girlfriend, and her girlfriend's name is Pickles. <gasps> Delicious, salty. And they're going to get married this summer. That's cute. Where did you rescue her from? I can't even begin to tell you how much these dogs just bring so much joy to my life and how, like, my, this quarantine has, like, screwed me because now all I want to do is be with them. Like, I can never go back to normal I life without them. I love it. It's such a good feeling. I mean, it's weird, though. It's like, have you been, like, working, like, a lot, like, on Zoom? I mean, what do you do? You're just, like, doing all your stuff on Zoom now. <laughs> No, everything is on Zoom, so I only get ready from the waist up. I'm always in sweatpants, and I am late to everything because for some reason the Wi-Fi in my house never works or things cut out, so then I've got to go over to my neighbor's house. And it's just it's been interesting to kind of rework everything and figure out how to function in like, a, and I say this in air quotations, normal way. But it's been also really great. I had to put myself on a schedule, though. Because I worked too much. Mm -hmm. Like 20 hours a day I was working because I, I could and it was in front of me and I never stopped. So now I'm on a schedule of eight yeah. hours of sleep, eight hours of fun, and eight hours of work. It does it like that. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Just like make it balanced. Make it yeah. balanced. But then the, but the dogs are there all the, all for all of it, right? Yes. And I've got my cat Meow Meow. So I've got... Polly, my Pomeranian, he's asleep on the couch over there. Um, I've got Oat, mm -hmm. and I've got Meow Meow, my cat. And we all sleep together. Oh, cute. That's I'm cute. I'm sad off. I it's like, like I can't go out because uh, I can't leave my cat. It happened. I became a crazy cat lady. It's all right. It's all right. I think it's good. I think it's really good. I mean, it's good to, I mean, that that's the thing about, like, the quarantine is good uh the only time i've been out is pretty much the protests although i get dick sometimes but i get dick in um, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, dick comes over although the and then i'll go out with dick to the protest yeah that's pretty much it i mean that's pretty much it yeah and then i'll go out to protest more for the summer that'll be my summer yeah that's it for me i too. don't know 
It's it. Like I, I, I keep saying that, like, because what I'll do is I'll go protest and then I shame contaminate myself because I feel like, oh, I, sorry, uh, quarantine myself because I'm convinced that because I went to protest, now I have Corona and I sit there and I'm like, okay, do I have any symptoms? And this week I did it for like three days, I want to say. And then I'm like, no, I'm okay. I don't have anything. But I do get the fear after mm. every protest. I could be in a hazmat suit and I would still feel that way. I don't leave my house and I feel that way. It's weird. My OCD and stuff like that has gotten very, very bad oh, again yeah, during yeah. all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Because it's like, yeah, I think that that's definitely a, it's, it's a struggle for people who have those issues. Definitely. Because you're always going to mm-hmm. feel like because if it's out, you know, if it's out there, you're going to have mentally you're going to kind of go crazy with that kind of stuff. But I keep like I keep doing these things where I have rituals for everything. Rituals where I open the front door. Rituals for the way that I get coffee, yeah. and it is it literally makes me look like what about Bob at all times because I, I can't like I'm like touching handles three times and like it just started, it's like kicked it off so bad in me that I sit here like you have to stop. And I have another friend of mine who is very similar to me in that way. And him and I call it. I'm like, so what did you do today? I go, let me see your setup. And we both have these insane setups of how we come into the house, where we put our keys, and how we do things every time we come and go. It's nuts. Do you have, did you have a test yet? I have had the test like six times, I think, because every time I see oh, my okay. dad, I have to be tested. And we've been working together. Right. So I quarantined with them for a month and a half, and mm-hmm. it got a little bit too much because I was staying up with my dad the whole time. So I would be up from like 4.35 and then not go to sleep until midnight for like a month and a half. So I needed to come home and get some sleep. <laughs> I don't I don't want to get this. I don't want my dad to. I don't want anyone to get this. It's horrible. I have yeah. lots of friends who've had it and it's been very scary for them. Yeah, yeah. It's It's a bad, I mean, it's a bad thing, but I think that it's like as long as you're, conscious or I'm very aware of stuff I think that it's I think you'll be okay you'll be okay you'll be okay and you have to be a mom to little old I, love so much. I like that collar too that's a really pretty like diamonds yeah she's so jazzy that's look what, at her I mean diamonds this one it doesn't even have a collar because she's just so so small she probably could have like a really like a long like a a greyhound one. Yeah, with she has a long neck. She could probably have like a long like a big thick one like maybe a a choker like a like oh. a big long choker one. Yeah, I don't know like a big like maybe I, I don't know. She has a lot of like brown smoky eyeliner. She does a <laughs> lot of like um. Brown, smoky, and like a little blush on her nose. She does a lot of K-pop makeup. K-pop she's, makeup. She's, that's fucking awesome. She says she's like an e-girl. E-girl. She's like I a BSCA girl. girl. <laughs> we need to get her pacifier. Yes, she's really rave. So, um, I love you. Thank you so much for doing my podcast. You're the best. Thank you for having me. Where, this was so fun. Anytime. I love you so much. I know. I love you. Where can people find out more about you on the internet? What's your tags and uh, social medias? Okay, so I'm really working on my social media. I'm trying to be better at it because it, to me, is the only way I can connect with the people who give me everything that I have. So, bear with me. But yes. I am, uh, just, it's just my name, at Kelly Osborne on Instagram and Twitter and I'm trying to figure out my Facebook but we can't seem to get into it so you know 
not good at that stuff. I have to get better at pretending to be a millennial. But you are. You're the best. I got a synthesizer because you have your tattoo. No. Do you know that I'm removing that one because I'm like, I'm never going to learn how to play. So I'm removing oh, it. Oh, I, I bought a synthesizer because I still don't know how to play it. I um, <laughs> But I, uh, because of your tattoo, I bought one, but I still don't learn how to play it. I thought it was like a piano, but it's not. It's like a weird system of tubes and it's by air. It's very strange. It's very strange. But it's like you put... You plug in a bunch of wires. It's it's a Moog. It's a Moog grandmother. It's so weird. But I'm trying to learn it. It's very hard to play. But it's cool looking. It's very cool looking. I have one. They're amazing. I just can't play it. <laughs> I can't play it. I'm not Trent Reznor, but I do like to look at it. I may I may learn to play it one Yeah, but it's also day. a great talking piece when you come into your house. Like, and you'd be like, yeah, play. You know. Well, learning. it just looks cool because I feel like it's like, yeah, like I'm I'm in Chromio. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I actually am one of the members of Chromio. Yeah. Like, I, I think I'm really cool. Like, I just feel really stupid. It's awesome. Like, I just, I'm like, I'm, I just want to see like what cool outfit like, you put on when you go and play that. <laughs> like, it's got to be like a one piece jumpsuit. It's like got to be some kind of like Alice and Olivia like yes. one piece jumpsuit. <laughs> Some some weird shit, you know, camel toe, something, <laughs> something. Put I don't a cod piece on, it'll be great. They'll hide it. I'll be great. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Tracy Levy and original music by Garrison Starr. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I don't know where to start. Erios. Powered by ACAS.